Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a moment and relax. Whatever else is going on in your life right now, just let it fall by the wayside. It'll keep, and if now's not a good time, just come back when it is a good time to be able to relax while you listen to our conversation. We aren't here to pressure ourselves or to pressure God. This is not about your performance, how well you're doing. This is about learning who you already are. You are already a joint heir with Christ, a co-inheritor. You're, you're in the family. You're a son of God. Everything that you need for living the righteous life that God intends for you to have here on this earth, you already have within you. You have it at your disposal. You have access access to eternal life through your spirit. So your relationship with, with God is complete and perfect and holy and entire. So our work, our challenges, are not between us and God. It is finished. That relationship has been restored we we have our spirit is one in him and with him our challenge is with our soul a little bit with our body but really the problem is our soul we all have a unique one and we all have unique problems fortunately just like anything else there's a lot of commonalities that we all share, so we can talk about these things, learn from one another, challenge one another, encourage one another, and yet each have a unique experience and a unique relationship with God. So we've been talking about stirring up the abilities that are latent in our soul. Just like anything else, we learn how they work by using them. You learn how to ride a bike by riding a bike. You can study the the dynamics. You can learn how the brakes work, you know, by by pressure, by physics. You can do all the, uh, read the manual, but... To be able to really learn how to ride a bike, you have to ride the bike. And, if, and you, yeah, you're going to have, you're going to fall, you're going to hurt yourself, and then you're going to get back up and try again. And pretty much, pretty soon, it just becomes second nature. You know how to do it. You know how to ride a bike. You know how to drive a car. You know how to, you know, do any challenge. You there, you learn that there's a process. And 
we each come to a learning experience from a different perspective. Sometimes it's based on our personal history. We may be overly cautious or we may be overly aggressive, fearless, and we learn through that process that we're overly cautious or overly aggressive, overly fearless. And we trust, we learn to trust God. We learn to trust the spirit within. So often we focus on what's important to us. And that's one of the ways our soul maintains control. Our soul can, very often, our soul can be really subtle. Not always, but sometimes really subtle. And your soul has learned over years and probably generations how to divert attention away from things that bring us freedom and life and joy and peace and all those things that keep us, that would fulfill our needs so we wouldn't need the soul anymore. Your soul has bad habits and your soul doesn't want to give up those bad habits. And we will continue those bad habits as long as they work. And those bad habits are there to make you feel good, to make you feel loved, to make you feel accepted, to make you feel valued, to make you feel productive, to make you feel significant, that you're worth something. Now, all those things, though, are already true. Regardless of your feelings, you are already loved and valued and accepted and significant and productive and appreciated. Those things are already true about you. But you may not feel that they are. You may not believe that they are. You may not experience the reality of those truths. And the difference between the reality of those truths and how you perceive them in your soul, that's where those bad habits lie. And your soul can be so subtle, just just a slight turning of that acceptance. For instance, the acceptance of God is unconditional. But it can't be. And sometimes we will rely on, well, God may accept me, but he can't accept others, or vice versa. God may accept others, but he can't accept me the way I am. And so that's right in there, that's where the bad habits come in. And we draw conclusions about ourselves, about others, and about God that are not true. Now, we have those throughout our soul. We've drawn conclusions. We've based decisions in our lives on those 
lies, those half-truths, those half-lies, and those bad habits are strengthened. And we come to accept the, the lies that come from those bad habits as truth. That God accepts some but doesn't accept others. That God accepts others but not us. That God loves us conditionally. We have to we have to fulfill what his purpose is for our life in order for us to deserve his love, for instance. And if we fail at any point, if we let him down, he will hold it against us. Or he will make us pay in some way. Or hurt someone else, something else going on in our lives, something else will go wrong. These are all ways our bad habits, the soulical bad habits, interfere with our being able to live as a spirit being that, again, is already loved and accepted and valued. God's proud of you. God's proud of me. So many of us would have a real hard time accepting that fully. But it's true, period, end of sentence, because that's who he is. He loves you, and you are your spirit. You have a soul, and you live in a body. And God gave you the soul he wanted you to have, he knew he knew in your soul what bad habits were going to develop. Let's look at other another approach to this. There's all these different kinds of dogs, all different kinds of breeds of dogs, and different kinds of dogs have common traits that are part of who they are. Like Labradors are, are, you know, they they are great with, you know, um, they're a great family dog. They're they like to retrieve things. You throw things in the water, and they'll jump in and grab it and pull it out. There's certain characteristics about Labradors. Then there's Chihuahuas. They're high strung and they're tiny and they're yippy. They have certain qualities about them. Terriers, we know they were bred to be hunters and to not give up. So there are different qualities to different kinds of dogs. Well, your soul is the same way. Your soul has certain qualities that make it an individual, has, gives it individual characteristics. Now, God knew that. God know, knew that the, the soul he gave you has on its own certain characteristics. Now, going back to the, the dog analogy, let's take the terrier. A terrier is very loyal, and, you know, broadly speaking, but they were bred for certain purposes, and one is to never give up. They're very deliberate, and they once they have a hold of a, of prey, they don't let it go. Well, that can be, if, 
if it's not trained properly, that can be a bad thing. That can be a dangerous thing. That can make them hard to control and not resistant to answering or responding to training. So training is involved in not removing those traits, but bringing those traits under control. So when you when you have a certain kind of dog for for a certain kind of characteristics, the goal is not to get rid of those characteristics. It's to to make sure that those characteristics are under your control. Similarly, your soul has certain characteristics. The goal is never to get rid of those characteristics because it's the soul God gave you. But we don't want our life, our spiritual life, uh, that eternal life, we don't want our soul, those characteristics, to dictate or influence or filter our true spirit nature. So in the process, God's given us this soul that the soul that you have with those certain characteristics. He's not going to say you have to stop being what he gave you in your soul. Instead it's no. Those characteristics in your soul are obedient to your spirit. Not to other parts of your soul, but to your spirit. In other words, you don't try harder to change your soul. You let God do that. A dog will not train himself. They will do what comes naturally until, as long as it works. Likewise, your soul will do what comes, what makes it happy, what satisfies itself. Whatever bad habits it has, it's going to indulge in those bad habits as long as they work. Now, God won't let us continue in those bad habits. It doesn't serve his purpose. Now, what is his purpose? His purpose for you is that you would be complete an entire spirit, soul, and body, that you would be one in him. That the spirit within, the eternal life that is in that spirit would flow through your spirit, through your soul, through your body, unhindered. That you would be complete and entire and filled with spirit. Now, that means you're going to have the soul that you have now. You're going to have the body that you have now. But it's going to present no hindrance to spirit flowing through it. Now, I don't know anyone who's anywhere close to seeing that happen in their lives. But just because I haven't seen anyone or heard of anyone 
contemporaneous that's living right now doesn't mean I don't think it's possible. I think it's not only possible, I think it's inevitable. Because it's up to God. It's up to his timing. And he draws us by his goodness, by his love, by his grace. Not out of threat of punishment or denial or holding anything over our heads, judgment or anything. But because he has already loved us, because he has already accepted us, we can now work with him on those things he wants to change in us. And it's all about the process. If he wanted to train your soul so that your soul no longer had any bad habits, he could do that overnight. He could do that with a snap of his fingers. He doesn't need whatever it is we're going through in order to make those changes in us. But somehow we do, you and I do, we need the process. And we've talked before about one of the great ways to recognize freedom in an area of our lives is if we experience gratitude in that area, appreciation for who God is and how much he loves us and how he thinks about us, when we can just say thank you for his love, we don't feel like we have to pass it on or pay it forward or anything like that. We can just say thank you. Just accept it unconditionally, just the way he gives it unconditionally. But when we appreciate it, that's an area where he has freed us, where we're, um, we've received healing, and we've received an er- that's an area that is receiving spirit. Again, his spirit and our spirit are one and flowing through our soul in that area unhindered. Now, I have no idea how many areas in our soul, but he works on them at his, on his timetable. He decides the priorities. He decides what's most important to him. He's the one who brings us healing and freedom and joy and truth, frees us, speaks to the lies we believe, He restores our soul. He restores our past, our present, our future. He restores it to be able to receive spirit. So it's not that we are not changing. It's not that we're not growing in a sense of expanding to receive more of him. It's not that we're getting more mature or bigger, but those things, those intrusions, those scales 
fall from our eyes and we see clearly. Where once it was seeing through a glass darkly, now we see face to face. That's his job. What we do is recognize that he has given us an opportunity to to dwell on this earth and that this earth it consists not just of the natural, but also the supernatural. And our soul relates to the supernatural and the natural. And that he does not want us ignorant of how the supernatural works. He does not want you ignorant of how your soul works. Now, the purpose of not being ignorant is not so you can control him, but so that we're available to him. We learn how to ride a bike so that it becomes a skill that when we want to ride a bike, we don't have to think about riding a bike. We just get on the bike and ride it. We learn how to drive a car, not so that it's, that's not the end goal. The end goal is to be able to drive the car someplace, whether it's to work, to the, to the store, to a friend's house. It's to take us someplace. So learning about how the supernatural realm works and how our soul works that's not the goal in and of itself that will take us someplace it makes us able to be available to God because he likes our company he likes having you around He likes sharing with you, with me, the plans he has. But he's not foolish. He's not going to dump everything on us. We wouldn't be able to take it, but we could also mess up his plans. So he doesn't show us his face. He doesn't reveal everything that he's planning. We're not ready for it. We're, we are not able to make the solical decisions on how to, what to do with information he might give us, what we might do with the power and authority. It's not that you don't have it. You have the power and authority of being a spirit being here on this earth, a living spirit being, a born-again spirit being. You have all the power and authority that you're ever going to get. You're in the kingdom of God right now. You have eternal life. But he doesn't let us have access to it because he doesn't want us hurting others or hurting ourselves. So he's a gentle and kind and very good God. But what we can do is accept that the soul he gave us is exactly what he wants us to appreciate and value. 
and be grateful for, but not be bound by. Your soul is not who you are, but it's something he wants to express himself through. So as we learn about how our soul functions, the soulical realm within the supernatural realm, and as we learn to stir up our abilities and see how they work, experiment, fall, learn, you know, learn make mistakes, have victories, experience success, experience failure, making a mistake, learning, sharing, We value those experiences, each and every one of them, but not as an end result. We're using the process to be available to go with him, to be with him. That's your purpose here on this earth, to be with him. So many people, if I just knew what God wanted me to be doing, that's what he wants you to be doing. He wants you to be with him. And one of the major ways we do that is learning how our soul works. Your spirit's done. Your spirit is with him. 100%. No shadow of turning. Problem is our soul. So, The correcting of the bad habits, the fixing of our soul, is God's responsibility. As as with anything, as our soul is healed, it now learns to be the soul that he gave us. It's like when you you break your leg and you have a cast on your leg for six weeks. You take that cast off. And you have to relearn how to walk. So God's going to heal your leg and God's going to take the cast off, but then we learn how to walk. We learn how to walk. So he has his part, but we have our part. One of the, and this seems to be a real challenge for a lot of Christians that they're looking for a bright white line that God's going to take care of everything. All we have to do is sit here and wait for, you know, God to either, you know, come in on a, you know, angelic with a telegram, take care of everything, make everything right, or rapture us or everything's going to, you know, he's going to pour judgment on us. We've decided out of our own fears and hurts and disbeliefs, we've decided what God means by what he does. Rather than asking him, Lord, what does this mean? What am I supposed to do with this? And we can't, the more your soul is restored, the clearer those answers will be. the more he is able through your spirit to flow through your soul 
the greater clarity you will have as to what God is doing. Because he does, yes, he does want you to participate in what he is doing, not because he needs your help, but because he enjoys your company. You're not alone in whatever it is you're going through. He has crafted the circumstances. He has put you here for such a time as this. Every one of us in any, in any time and period of history are here for such a time as this. As far as God's concerned, they're all, all the different times are the same. He's going to accomplish his purpose. But he wants us to participate, to, to be yoked with him. Part of the challenge of, of the yoking process is to not move forward, not to be going faster than who you're yoked with, and not to be dragging them too slow, but to be on the same page, to be walking with the, those that you are yoked with. And so we are yoked with Christ. We are yoked with God. Our desire is to be working and moving with him as he works, as he moves. And that involves the process of our soul being restored. He's the one who does that. Our part is to do what we can as far as learning what he has already given us. So continue to stir up the abilities that you already have in your soul. Remember that those are all part of the package of your soul. They're not separate from your soul. They're part of your soul. God gave you exactly the soul he wanted you to have. But just like your body, your body has you know eyes and a nose and a, and a mouth, and you have fingers and toes and arms and legs the same way in your soul your soul has different kinds of of you know they're not, they're referred to as gifts of the spirit there but they're really the abilities of the soul we all have all the abilities available but some have better eyesight than others and some have better coordination than others and likewise in the abilities some have greater strengths and abilities than others that doesn't mean they're more valuable or anything and we're going to have to pick it up here the next time we get together this time the same time next week so until then feel free to drop me a line at diane at the rainers org. until then thanks for tuning in this has been diane thomas of rainers radio have a great night